I'm amazed how many people own stocks. Welcome to the Playing Footsie Podcast. My name's Paul, and each episode, me and the lads get together to talk about the stocks, stock market news, and finance in general. Quick disclaimer, you shouldn't consider anything in this podcast as personal financial advice. If you need such advice, go to a financial advisor. And please remember, when investing in any form, your capital is at risk. So sit back, relax, and let the lads fill you in with all the stock market news of the week. The sucker's going up. Welcome, 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 welcome back to the midweek footsie where we answer your questions that you leave in the comments on the main playing footsie podcast, uh, which usually comes out on Sundays. Today's, um, actually last week's midweek, midweek footsie and this week's midweek week footsie are inspired by a comment from Kevin Cowan. Um, where is it? I can't find it on there, but basically he called us out. He, or at least he tried to call us out by saying that uh, we never really share our best and uh, and our worst stocks. And I tell you what, we do. Uh, but um, he wanted to hear it in a, in an episode. So here you are, Kevin. You are gonna get your um, your, your your wish, and we're gonna show. We're gonna all talk about our worst stocks this week. Last week we talked about our our best stocks, and we were able to show off our hundred percent gains and fifty percent gains on on some of our slow and steady and rather boring stocks as well. Uh, and I, I feel like a bit of a theme is gonna start coming there. But this week. We're going to be honest. We're going to lay it all bare and show off what what our worst stuff is. So, who wants to bite the bullet on this one? And 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 let's be really honest and let's explain how many bad stocks we've got in comparison to our good stocks as well. Okay, I'll go first uh, on this one. I'll I'll just begin uh, with a quick prelude here. Uh, just on the subject of how many bad stocks we've got compared to our good stocks. Before we started recording this, Steve was working through his portfolio. Honestly, it was like watching the Ernst and Young people working through the Wirecard accounts. They're like, where's this money gone? Where's this money gone? I thought there's more money missing as well. Where's any of this money gone? Um, but, <laughs> uh, but like Steve, I have some terrible investments too, or at least investments that are not working out so far. Uh, I have two, which I'm not really sure which is my worst. I've sold one of them. Um, and I can't remember how much I was down when I sold it. But here's what I think is my worst investment for a number of reasons. One, it lost a load of money. Uh, and number two was I, I went for some rule breaking, but not the kind of rule breaking you're supposed to go for. Um, I went for a rule breaking approach of thinking this stock's gone down a lot. I'm going to buy this thing. Um, <laughs> and then it went down some more and then it went down some more and then it went down some more after that. Uh, and this is the one that Chris Hill kind of called out for me without really knowing he was calling me out. It's the Boston Beer Company, which um, I think Steve now owns and probably is irritatingly in the green on it somehow. Uh, but this is a company where I thought they were very expensive uh, at one point. And then um, the demand for hard seltzer, which was their main growth engine, slowed down and went off a cliff. Uh, and I thought, yeah, that's cool. I'll buy that. Then it must be at a reasonable price. Now it's probably going to come back up. And it immediately went down a hell of a lot more. Uh, and then after that, they realized they'd got massive uh, inventory of hard seltzer, which if you don't sell, you can't really keep forever. So they had to destroy all that stuff. So they took a hit to their balance sheet on that. Um, and I thought, well, that's okay, because that's just a kind of, there's one-time costs, right? And I understand there are one-time costs. And I can sort of live with the idea that every business will, in attempting to take risks, take a, a hit occasionally when it gets them wrong. Okay. Uh, and then I looked at the price after that, and I thought, actually, this is still expensive. 
uh, the hell am I owning this for? And I basically ran out of that because I'd never really done things properly on this. I'd looked at their balance sheet, which was very, very good at the time I bought it, um, and seen that they were in a kind of growthy area. But I had just no sense at all of what their market cap implied in terms of their earnings uh, and looked at a high multiple and basically ignored it and thought, yeah, this will come back because it's gone down. And more or less everything that I think um, I really shouldn't do when I'm investing. That's an expensive lesson, but maybe that's the best. I, I would have told anyone else not to do what I was doing, basically. Uh, but, you know, these things are ways we learn, I guess. But that's that I think is my worst investment, probably both from a in terms of just losing pound notes investment and also in terms of the investment I'm probably least proud of because it wasn't like a really early investment where I didn't know any better. I did know better uh, and I did it anyway. Um, and I pretty much deserve what I got, which makes me a terrible investor on the subject of that one investment anyway. And eventually I kind of cut the cord on that. But mm. there you go. There's my worst one. I'm up 10% on Boston beer. Yeah, you're. <laughs> so about the rest of your stocks, Steve. Yeah, here we go. I will do mine in the in the form of a quiz. So I will give you a mm -hmm. ASOS as seen on screen, which I I bought on the slide, but unfortunately I bought it on the sort of two handles at the top of the slide. Um, <laughs> I I will give you the option of B, which is Pinterest, which. I actually think is the best of this bunch I'm going to read out. And I'll give you C, which may act as a surprise to you, Roku. Mm. Okay. Paul, you can choose first. Um, um, I'll, I'll take one of the ones you don't have. I've got a feeling you're probably close to 40, between 30 and 40% down on ASOS. That um, would be nice. Oh shit! <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Just to let you know, ASOS today closed at under sixteen pounds. Uh, it's mad. Height, it was at sixty-two or something like that. What are we missing on ASOS? I I can't understand what we're missing. It's really. Boohoo's fault. That's basically um, the gist of it. Oh right, okay. Uh, Pinterest. Oh, Pinterest must be forty percent down on the year, but you. You got in there early, so you can't be that bad. Um, that would be nice. <laughs> and and then I think Roku had a bit of a bounce back recently because it's had a lot of good news. It but, did. Oh, this was harder. I thought this was going to be easy at first, but now it's hard. I'm going to go with Roku because that was my first thought. But okay, um, I think this is hard. Okay, I'll take Asos then. I thought Roku was my least likely for what it's worth. Okay, um, so none of the answers are correct. The, the real answer is Teladoc, and I can't believe none nah. of you saw through my horrendous ruse. Yeah, um, you knew I was. So I, I was amazed Teladoc wasn't an option. But yeah, 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 so yeah Teladoc that was, that was um, <laughs> is not a stock I still don't believe I'm wrong on, and I think I may I may get beaten into submission on Teladoc eventually, but uh, I'm no, currently down 56% on Teladoc. Uh, I'm down 40% mm. on Roku. 46% on Pinterest, which has fallen an awful long way. And ASOS is 53% as of today. Ooh. So it is closing in on Teladoc. Um, wow, but yeah, wow, as wow, a growth wow. investor, you've got to get used to the fact that half the times you're going to be wrong. It's the times that you write mm. that matter. Mm. Um, well, uh, I should point out my other portfolio, my uh, my other tiny portfolio. My I call it my joke portfolio because it is still my joke portfolio and it's with money that I don't believe is mine and blah, blah, blah. I'm not actually down heavily, too heavily on anything in there at the moment. Um, the, I think the worst performer is about 
Uh, oh no, Nanox might be down quite a bit. M- might be down close to like forty percent of that. But everything else, including Alibaba, is probably only thirty percent down. But I don't really count that that portfolio. But I will point out that I do have a little this little play around portfolio that that I don't really care about. So, uh, but in my main portfolio, uh, let's let's play the little game then. Um, no, actually, this is too obvious. It's way too way way too obvious. Um, my worst port, uh, my worst stock right now is uh, minus eighty eight percent. I tell you what, just out, uh, just out of thin air, what do you think that might be? In your main portfolio, you're in kind of fairly ma- in my main portfolio, ordinary AT and T like dividend paying portfolio of stuff. Yep, that's the one. The hell do you own? It's down eighty eight percent. What could it be? Uh... What could it be? What have you bought? Mm. And hold well, so let's, let's try and just try and work together here a little bit. Um, I'm well, seeing huge amounts of inflation all over the place, so I'm thinking it's probably not a basic materials thing like Rio Tinto. Yeah. Ooh. So I'm also thinking it's probably something that uses basic materials and tries to build them. Uh, I know he owns a home builder, but I don't think it's that. No. Uh, mm-hmm. What else do you think he owns in the sort of uh, discretionary spending, industrials, construction area? Nothing that's jumping out at me that would be that far down. Um, mm. It's not Raytheon uh, because you know that's up. Mm-hmm. Go on, then, Paul. Um, Is this something to do with like yeah. trading two and two's dodgy way of reporting it? Yeah, it might be. Um, it's no, oh. no, no, no. It's not. The reason you can't. Uh, the reason I'm not going to say where do you buy it is because you can't buy it unfortunately because ah, it's, it's a Norris. russian stock ah. it's a russian stock yes unfortunately this is this is my worst investment uh, i still don't uh, i'm still gonna i'm still sitting with it in my portfolio and, and it's really really frustrating actually because if i didn't have this stock which has been affected by a fucking uh black swan event basically um if I didn't have it, I'd be massively beating the market right now uh, because it, it, it's like knocking 700 quid off my portfolio just knocks my total average down ridiculously. I think it's, yeah, the S&P 500 is up 18% on uh, against my portfolio right now compared to my portfolio, which is 15%. And it's all to do with this bloody Norilsk Nickel buy. Um, MMC Norilsk Nickel is a Russian uh, commodity stock. So when you said it wasn't a material stock, I was just like, oh, here we go. (laughs) Um, uh, (laughs) It's it's just a commodity stock that comes out of um, uh, uh, Russia. And I will say uh, this was uh, this was initially pointed to me by Steve D uh, when he when he pointed out because it came on the OTC markets very recently. And I thought and I looked through it loads of cash uh nickel is in the title and i was just a bit like i wonder how many people are going to fall for that being with nickel being its uh head uh headline uh uh commodity there and ev batteries blah 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 um dividend yield at the time was 28 percent, and i can't say that didn't um that didn't influence my decision at the time should have been a red flag probably should have been a red flag um but i i still went with it anyway um none of that has has um uh, i i think at one point i was 25 percent up on it as well uh just before the whole ukraine russia crisis that that came in and happened and then when they closed trading on it bang minus 88 percent. so that's really um affected me 
uh, quite a little bit. And it's a shame because it's really skewed my results on my portfolio and I can't sell it. So, uh, it, 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 you know, even that would skew even more. I'm happy to hold it right now because I would like to see the Russian stock market open back up to foreign investors one day. Um, I think I believe it will. I don't believe in this uh, lack of globalization anymore. And I don't believe in this isolation. I think it will come back. I think Russia will eventually need foreign investment again. Uh, once something happens, I just, you know, the time on this is, is, uh, you know, this is so far in the future, but yeah, it's definitely my worst performing stock, whether it's a mistake or not. I don't know. Uh, Too early yet. to tell on that. Um, it's not your yeah, fault, I, is it? <clears throat> Yeah, it's 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 definitely an anomaly on a, a business which um, is very high cash flow, and uh, I think at the time of buying it was a very good decision, and I think the market also decided it was a very good decision at that time. Uh, but then, yeah, the anomaly happened. But let's uh, one that let's put the you know do you want to guess what the second worst is? And it's not that bad, um, but it's probably pretty obvious um, which one it's going to be. How down is it? Thirteen uh, percent. It's pretty much green for nice. me. <laughs> that could be a lot of things. Uh, uh, no. Okay. Yeah, uh, fun I'll... fact, Steve's bought your nickel miner and he's up 10% on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to go yeah. with that being Lennar. I think Lennar's had a pretty bad time. I would go for Lennar as well. No, you're in, the, you're, in, the you're in the wrong way, mate. Uh, AT&T is the obvious one there. Lennar oh, yeah, is, in fact, now down 8.93%, uh, which is a bit of a shame uh, because, again, I've been up probably 20 30 percent on that at, at times and it's just very very there's a lot of fluctuations and it's getting hit hard by news at the moment and i fully believe that i fully believe lenar is getting hit by news at the moment and uh, that's that to me is a good time to buy and i am currently flooding into that there's no in my head there's nothing there except for material costs which could be a problem uh, right hmm. there so uh, that's my my small bit on Lenar, which is a house builder in america which is suffering from the interest rate rise right now um uh no but at&t at&t is that worst stock i'm still holding on to it all the way through the merger see what happens after the merger and and see what the balance sheet looks like after that but to me at&t looks like it's in the best condition it's uh, been for a long time but that isn't necessarily a brilliant condition um <laughs> so yeah minus i would say that officially minus 13 is my worst performing stock over the past couple of years and at&t is that one which i put a lot of i put a lot of gumption behind at&t um i still believe in it a little bit <laughs> but uh not maybe not as much and 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 i suppose pointing out on this one um is uh it's probably something you guys are suffering as well with as well is the is that time so we all think about how we need to stick with our stocks for the long term and all that sort of thing. Mm. And it's it's very painful to see your portfolio go down 13% or in Steve D's case, like 18 grand. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's very bad. 20, I think. One yeah, point. It's, it, it's, it's, it's very bad to see that go immediately. But then let's think of that four or five years later when it's really starting to grind on you a little bit and you know maybe if you held on to boston brewery a little bit longer it's really starting to just you know just eat away and you and and uh, there's like this chronic uh idea of whether you've got made a bad decision or not and at&t it, i will say i feel it i feel the 
uh, and it may be just because I get a lot of comments as well, which people and people go, oh, AT and T, blah blah blah, never made a profit. <laughs> That's me. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. Like logging into about of, ten like, different accounts. Yeah, so it, maybe <laughs> maybe it's a little bit tougher for me in that sense, but I, I will say I feel it. I, I definitely feel it. I know. And again, I, I bring this to uh, crash, crash, market crash level when uh, people think, oh, yeah, I can buy the dip on a market crash. But then it keeps dipping and it dips for two years and then it levels out for another year. And then it takes four years to recover, like in 2008. So in total, you've lost six years of your life, your, your entire investing life. And I really do wonder how many people can stomach that level of time um with the with the market down even in an index and even though i've made a very risky play on uh at&t here and it hasn't quite failed yet and it has also hasn't pulled off yet either um i do wonder what what that feels like and i'm starting to just get it it's this chronic nagging that's what i'm looking for I think it's going to be worse for people who started investing about sort of two years ago when everything was going up, because I think I'm going to find one of the things I'm trying to prepare myself psychologically for uh, is seeing Southern Copper, which we mentioned a little while ago, come back down again. Mm. Commodity prices are very high. Southern Copper's price is very high. I don't think it will stay there forever. I think it's got a bit of a way to run yet for what it's worth. Um, but I don't. I think that will come down uh, at some point in the future and the company will be fine and it will go back up again at some point after that and it will come down again after that and you get the general idea. And I wonder whether I'm going to find it harder to see a company that was once very, very green for me become maybe flat or, or even slightly red or something like that. Um, I think that I will find harder than, compared to, I guess, your case, Paul, sort of an AT&T, I don't know, I haven't followed it that closely, but it was never a kind of, big optic was it was sort of kind of push along flat with quite a big dividend and then sort of started sinking a little bit right it, it was also uh, a, a metric expansion so a multiple expansion mm -hmm. uh, as well which has which which it did do which is incredible mm -hmm. it did do that a probably a year and a half ago it did do that and that was the okay. time around when sven was talking about it being a dead horse and shoot it when it's uh when it when it looks good, <laughs> That's not what Spence said. He says sell it well, when it looks good, not shoot it. <laughs> no, he called. He, didn't he said? Didn't he, say he said it was a horse that looked. Yeah, so I mean, he said oh, it's it a lame horse. Yeah, yeah. You've just got a horse corpse, so you just keep going. <laughs> so just, just, just. Steve, if you are struggling with stocks that have gone from being quite far up to uh, to either hmm. negative or flat, just slide into my DMs. I could send you about 30. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, you own Teladoc. Okay. I own the Chewy. Point I was actually... Chewy, 40% up in Chewy to 20% down. That's a swing and a half. I, and and what I was going to say to you, as a Rio Tinto owner, um, mm. that happens to you a lot in commodities. <laughs> like, mm. um, so, uh, as a Rio Tinto owner, I have been 50% up. I have been uh 16 to 17 percent down i'm currently 22 percent up and i've had juicy dividends all the way through that uh that process as well uh so i must be doing okay but um yeah iron ore has been fluctuating a lot and they've now got two copper mines that they are trying to get started up again and they're going to hit they're going to get these copper mines up and ready within the next five years just as that copper price comes down again, I reckon. Uh, like you say, I think copper's got a bit more to run. But 
uh, Rio Tinto is going to hit it at just the wrong time. Obviously, this is an even longer play than that. You know, um, we're we're looking at pushing to twenty thirty here for for copper to really pull off. Um, but yeah, as a, as a commodities owner in Rio Tinto, that thing fluctuates, and that is tough. That is tough. It, every time. Every time I see it go into the red, I look at it and go, well, if that ever goes into the green again, I'll, I'll get rid of it. And then it goes up and then it goes to 10. Next thing, you just look at it and you go, oh, it's 10% up. Uh, maybe it can go further. And then it does. And you go, okay, well, maybe I should sell it here. You know, it's it's a, a PE of seven now. That's ridiculously high for Rio <laughs> Tinto. Uh, maybe we should sell it here. And I, I just can't bring myself to it. I just watch it go up and down and go, oh, well, 6% dividend. That'll do me. Just, 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 just keep, just keep knocking that one out. But yeah, it's, um, I just wanted to make a point about that chronic nagging, which I don't think people uh, realize when they, when they listen to Buffett talking about having a strong stomach and uh, Lynch talking about a strong, strong stomach. Uh, when you mentioned two years, wow, we've been doing this for, you know, the the big hype started two years ago and we've seen people come and go already just in those two years. We've seen people go so hard on their, on their beliefs um, that tech was going to, and innovation was going to do so well. And those guys have disappeared or lost, you know, 60, 70% of their, of their profits uh, now. And, 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 it, it, like I said, and uh, Steve, I uh, commend Steve D here on sticking with a lot of his. Uh, don't let Teladoc go. Don't let it go. I think there's something there. I think you did buy it at an overvaluation. I think I told you that when you did buy it that, that I thought it was overvalued. But I, I, I know I'm in no way right on that. But I think it's, I think you've got to stick. I think you've got to stick and stick and stick and and because the story and the and the the fundamentals of it haven't changed from what it was and it's still growing at a, at a great pace and well, that's think... it because the fundamentals of the company are growing and all i can do is move the sh move the share price needle in my direction if they yeah. do their bit i can do my bit and we can meet somewhere in the middle unfortunately mm. by then i might have eighteen thousand shares but um we'll see how we go well i've been doing that with at&t and i've had to cut myself off i've cut myself off at 100 shares there on at&t mm. because who knows you know and and that's that's still a thing it's coming it's going to come down they're going to half it but i've also bought into discovery as well so you know god knows where that's going to go uh, i bought into a story there haven't i but yes um i'm i want to end it there because we've gone on much longer than we thought we would um thank you very much guys i hope that helps um people who have been wondering what our biggest losses are i don't think any of us are significantly in a serious loss like i think everything we've in each of us has invested is above our, our unrealized gains is at least above what we've invested right now <laughs> just some tentative nods there <laughs> like, yes, yes. I was, yeah because i was i was like oh god i hope i don't say anything wrong here um but uh yeah so all of us are up whether we're beating the market or not is would be down to a calculation i guess but um yeah so none of us have, have significantly lost any money but we do all have those haunting stocks in our in our closet uh as it were and uh this is us coming out of said closet so thank you very much guys for listening. <laughs> I love the I love the look. I was just I wanted to see the looks when I said that. <laughs> Got some brilliant looks on camera there. Uh thank you very much for listening guys and uh, we will see you on Sunday.